used to be a dreamer But you know I find How are you all doing? Uh, it's good to be back. Good to see y'all and, and hear you guys. And I'm excited to jump in today. That was yes, sir. Ray, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. I'm excited about this show, man. Excited about bringing, bringing this intelligence to the people, man. That's great, man. So I'm going to jump right into our topic because a lot of stuff has been happening since we've been out. Operation Varsity Blues. So apparently more than 50 people have gotten caught up in the largest U.S. college scam bus in American history. What is now being called Operation Varsity Blues has the country buzzing. Basically, very wealthy people spent anywhere from $25,000 to more than a million dollars for their children to gain access to elite universities. Ain't that interesting. So I need reactions from folks. We don't need to go into all the names of the famous white celebrities that, that, that got knocked Everybody that I know have been talking about this, whether they deal in education or not. Fellas, what is your take? Ray, start us off. Well, sir, uh, as a graduate from an Ivy League institution, I don't know how much my my uh, diploma is worth anymore. <laughs> and I'm starting to question some of the people that were sitting next to me in terms of the merit of them uh, being accepted into the university and uh, some of the work that they're doing now. So it left me with a whole lot of questions and it left me, um, as a parent, it left me pro HBCU. Um, and so I'm, I just, ha- I have a lot of feelings. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to engage in this conversation. Sharif, yeah, as, what, um, yeah, what were your thoughts, Sharif? Yeah, as, as, you know, as I guess appalling as it was, it was not shocking. Like, you know, the, we know that the affluent and the wealthy uh, you know, the white privilege is always, you know, tilting the scales in favor of themselves, um, you know, to the exclusion of other people. And that's, you know, that's at least a consistent line throughout history that has always continued. So wasn't shocked at all. I didn't know the celebrities themselves, but, you know, just this idea of, you know what, pay to play and exclusion of others. And at the same time, complaining about, you know, uh, equity, any sense of equity, right? Like they kept fighting that till the Supreme Court said, oh yeah, affirmative action. You do have to do it this way instead of that way, you know, all those type of things. So it wasn't, um, you know, none of this is shocking to me. It is uh, just a unfortunate part of this is America. Yeah, that's, that's wild. Oh, and before I give my thoughts, you might be, his, you might be missing one voice, that would be Chris Stewart, the the vainglorious. He got a whole bunch of names. <laughs> we want to lift our brother up in love and care as he is going through a personal tragedy right now. Uh, we miss your voice. He will be back with us soon. And the pod is just not the same without him. But that's our guy. We just didn't want you saying, oh, where's Chris? What's going on? So he'll be back with us uh, shortly. But and I'm sure he has a lot of thoughts. So even whatever the next topic is, I feel like we got to give him 15 minutes to just go off on this topic. 
my thoughts, I feel exactly the same way you do, Sharif. I was more shocked by people being shocked that this was happening. Yeah. That was just really crazy to me, right? I'm mm-hmm. looking at it, and that's how this world has always worked. People that have money and access, they use that power to what? Get money and access. So I'm not surprised at what happened. I look at it in a... I was looking more at people on my Facebook feed that were super shocked. And those were... It it was interesting, right? And I want to make sure we get to the next question. But the process that I was going through when I was listening to everybody... I have a lot of a lot of white friends that are dope people that care, you know, that are but this this is this is the group that I think King was talking about a lot, right? right. Where they didn't believe things were happening until King got stuff on camera with the dogs and Bull Connor. There were a lot of folks that were genuinely shocked and appalled. And it it just made it, it made me question a few other things, you know, like I don't know. I I just want to know what else is shocking for folks. But what so, I mean, what do y'all thought? Go ahead, Ray. So I mean, like I feel like there's a high level of naivete in our community in terms of you know what outrage is, what fake outrage is, especially in in the days of social media. Um, but like this, I mean, like it, like you guys said, it's not shocking. Like this has been going on for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has been going on since we got here. Right. Uh, forced. Uh, may I add? So I, I just I don't I don't have the level of shock and awe as displayed by some of my Facebook friends or, or or whatever. Like I'm just not shocked. I'm it's unfortunate, but I mean I'm glad it's being brought to the light for the mere fact that if it wasn't brought to the light, it's it would still continue. And even with it being brought to the light, it's important to say that they're still going to find another way in order to make sure that they have an advantage. Let's be clear. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, what they say like as soon as. Uh, as soon as progress is made in one area or something is called out, you know, racism morphs, right? White supremacy morphs and it will constantly, you know, there's a constantly a race of, you know, equity and justice. And then, you know, the white supremacy and, 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 and race and class and privilege issues morphs and, and finds another way to, to rear its, its ugly head. And so this is, this is why we have to be vigilant and constantly you know, address these, uh, these issues. So how do you think this impacts black folks? Like, what does this news do to our community that's still fighting for access, whether it be in college or even K-12? So I'm, I'm going to take this on because I have a unique perspective. All right. So my undergrad degree is from the University of Stony Brook. That's a top 100 school. My master's degree in teaching is from the Morgan State University, which is a HBCU located in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, my first, my admin degree is from Teachers College, Columbia University, which is an Ivy, right? So like there you have a top 100 states. Brother, you just, you just named off a lot of stuff, brother. We got to, that's for our brother Ray. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, so you have a, you have a top 100 state school, you have an HBCU, and then you have an Ivy. Talk right? about it, so King. Like, for me, I learned most at the Ivy. I learned how to teach. My professors were very hands-on in terms of like how practical you need to be in the classroom. Uh, They got me ready to teach in Baltimore City, which is one of the hardest, most difficult places to teach in the United States. Uh, People say once you are able to teach in Baltimore, Philly, or DC, you can teach anywhere. Um, So for me, I just, I, I, I hope 
that this puts our pride in a place to where it gravitates people to go back and attend HBCUs. Mm. So you think this scandal and looking at folks was doing pay to play will hopefully lead black folks going to, to attend HBCUs more. Now, what happens if, if you find out I, I'm not naive enough to think that those schools are exempt from taking bread from somebody either though. Right? Like, I mean, I know this case is a very high profile case. I just, I just think people with money get access regardless of what they look like. I think, you know, certain races might have a little bit more access than others, but how would you have felt if, if, if an HBCU would have got named in this, right? Man, I, you, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to lean in and I'm not going to let you engage me in that because no HBCU. <laughs> so no, nah, I'm not going to do that. So Reef, Reef, what's up, Reef? <laughs> Reef, how does this impact black folks? That's, that's, that's called backpedaling on the, on the football field, you know, the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, you know what, I, I think it would be, you know, if it was an HBCU, I think it would still be disappointing because, you know, as, as you said, uh, right, you know, and 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 Cole said it too, you know, like money, this uh, this whole idea that that affluence is what you know is the game changer, continues to be the game changer. Forget the merit of other people, forget the merit of you know what a student is bringing to the table. It's you know quite often, and forget about equity. Mm-hmm. Forget that. Hey, we closed this door for you for generations. Um, so instead of helping to get more of you in, we're still going to, you know, play the other game, you know, but we look at the history of these, you know, of schools and institution of you know, higher education in, in, um, in America, who was it originally built for? Right. And so a lot of this is just the continuity of the original program of America, right? Like this was for, right. Uh, education was for the affluent. It was for the landowners. It was for white men. Um, that's that's what it was for. And so they started, you know, allowing uh, women in and things like that. And now people of color. But the the goal originally, it, you know, continues. You know, um, uh, Dr. King uh, had a speech the other day where he talked about, you know, he, he quoted Marion Edelman, Mama Marion Edelman, right? And she. She talked about America's original birth defect. You said who had a speech the other day? Uh, Dr. John King. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, which and, King? <laughs> whoa, like, I mean, I know John King, secretary, former Secretary of Ed, and current. Got you, uh, got you. I was like, Education did Martin Trust. come back, fam? I, it's cool. I was. You just said Dr. I ain't King. That, I ain't that, yeah, my, I ain't that more in uh, in the White House talking about yeah Frederick Douglass was good to <laughs> the other day. Go ahead, brother. I mean, I mean to interrupt you, brother. Go ahead. I read a book here, there, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, he talked about like you know Marion Edelman, you know, spoke about this these type of situations as America's original birth defect, and it continues like the origin, the genesis was to you know make one group supreme and marginalize and oppress everyone else. And so this, you know, this continues. I mean, even when you look at, at just some of the dynamics. So I think uh, last year, a couple years ago, Harvard, uh, there was an article about Harvard. And mm. although their acceptance rate is like less than 5% for, you know, everyone who applies, less than 5% actually get in. But if you were a donor, if your family were, were donors, then you had almost a 50% chance of getting in. Right. Right. So this idea of pay to play, 
Um, if you have the money, then that's that's what's going to give you a leg up, not your hard work, not your intellect, not your not the idea of equity. And, hey, we barred you for all this time. It's it's how much money do you got? Right. Pay to play. That's what so, but you know. But hold, real so quick, wait, right, wait, clarify wait. a question. Clarify a question real quick. OK, so you're you're saying that 50 percent of applicants who were who whose parents are donors. Mm-hmm. Get into Harvard when they apply. at least on the article that I, and I have to remember like what it was, but it was a high number. It was almost 50%. Maybe not 50, maybe in the 40s. The basic point that you're saying is that if you are a major donor of Harvard, your chances of getting in are better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, they talked about, what was it last year? They talked about Kushner's family gave two and a half million dollars to get into Harvard. Right. Or they gave it to Harvard. Right. But as a result of that, you know, Wait, he's and, also uh, legacy. So, so let me. So, also let me be clear, right? Because that's not going to change. So, this no. is why I thought the whole thing was comical in a way, and, and it would have been more comical if so many black families, so many black parents, are not going to jail for trying to do something similar. But at K twelve, the reason why I thought, why I was laughing at it on social media is because it's actually not illegal for the thing that you said, right? So, you can go to Harvard and be a major donor, right? If you are a legacy act or you donated a building or something like that, like, yeah, they still gonna let you in. Harvard, like we're talking about some of these schools are private institutions, right? So they actually can do whatever they want. What people are getting in trouble for is the fraud that was attached to it. So if I have somebody change a proctored SAT, or I have somebody Photoshop a picture of my son or daughter playing on a water polo team and they never touched that team. <laughs> like they didn't get in trouble for the, play the soccer or right. or it was a direct bribe to a coach to say, oh, my my child, you know, give my child a spot on this team so they can get into the school and I'll give you nine hundred thousand dollars there. The, this is not about let's be very clear. This is what the A Black Hands does. Right. Let's get these folks some facts. It's not about the pay to play. That's gonna. That's not going away, right? Like it's not going away. But I I do want to call out there are two issues. Yes, the fraud is Uh one thing, and I think we'll get into that. Um, You know, I think it's great for us to bring that up. But I also want to bring about like you know these institutions of higher education. They're always talking about you know the the higher thinking and the and the best way and all this flowery language. But when it's time for them to actually put their money where their mouth is. And talk about like the uplifting of society. And this is what we do. And these are our contributions. They should just be clear like, hey, you know what? If you're rich, you're going to get in and just be public and clear about it. Right. right. And I think when you say like, well, what this sh- should black people think? Black people should be proud about like everything that we, you know, push through people of color, like all of the the toxic stress of poverty and, oh, and, and racism and, and all of this. And for us to, you know, continuously persevere despite all of the, you know, the barriers, right? Like that, right. that whole idea that you ever see that cartoon that they played on YouTube a while ago is a track, you know, some schools got in trouble for showing it to their kids. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, they're getting lapped. Lap means if for those who don't run track, that means that you do a full circle around the track before I do, right? Like you right. go around me a full time. And so like showing that, you know, to our to our students and in this context, that's why it's it's also important. Right. Right. And, and can I pay to play a- means that that you're you're creating barriers for folks who don't have money to play. Right. And, right. and if we're talking about this is supposedly a fake meritocracy, which, you know, is always going about like, oh, it's based on merit. Let's just be honest and say 
it's not based on merit and telling black and brown kids that it is sets them up for failure. But what, why would I, if I'm if I'm in that power structure, why would I be honest about that? Right. Why would why, why wouldn't I just keep lying and just keep doing the same thing that I was doing? And and the reason why this was interesting for me and I agree with everything that you said was. Like, I'm not a person that actually wishes for people to go to jail. Like, I'm actually really sensitive around the issue of jail and prisons and stuff like that. Because both oh, my parents, you, because both my parents, right, were like in and out of jail. And so mm-hmm. even when I'm looking at this, because there is still a part of me that's like, yeah, I'm not surprised that these people that had the means and the money and their kid was a mess up uh, <laughs> to just be like, you know what? My kid's an idiot. Here go 500 stacks. Go, please help this kid become somebody. Right. Like. I think that people will virtually do almost anything to support their kids if they have the opportunity to do it. So in that place, I'm not I wasn't super mad in that sense, except for there's a lot of people that didn't get opportunities because of those folks where I had to change my perspective, though, for two reasons. One, it's a lot of black mamas out there that have gotten arrested for using another address for trying to get their kids options and all that stuff. I got you right. I just want to make this one point. And I vividly, I vividly remember my mother trying to get me into Berkeley High School. I live in Oakland. Berkeley High is considered a really good high school if you know how to navigate. And my mother had already been to jail before for some other stuff. And I remember when she found out that if she got caught using somebody else's address, that it would be considered fraud and that she could go back to jail because she had a record. Right. And like I and I remember her feeling so depleted and so defeated. And I saw her crying like trying to figure out what she was going to do for me for high school. And she never knew it. I saw her. And so like the next day I kind of played off like, oh, I don't want to go to that school. It's fine. I just want to go to the school that's up the street, you know, because my mother was trying to figure out the best thing for me. And I think the thing that was most infuriating with me and I'll shut up is these are the same people that have issues with black and brown parents having choice and options for their kids. Like that's the part where it's like, Oh, I see how this is, right? Like you want black and brown folks to stay trapped or marred in situations that's not good for them. And if they try to venture out, they got to get back in a place. But because you got it, you can drop 350 stacks and get your kid in the USC, even though your kid just admitted that they hate school and that they're not really smart. Go ahead, Ray. I didn't mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Bro, um, I think that's perfect. And that's one of the reasons why I added that question is because I know that you had some experience centered around that. And currently, you know, in the media, you'll see black and brown parents that are being arrested for uh, address for for uh, trying to get their kids into schools that will offer them better opportunities to be successful, you know, in college and beyond. And so I just I don't get it like that. That for me would be where the outrage is at. Like I'm outraged at the fact that my kid has to continuously go to this bad school every day while you get to send your kid wherever you want to send your kid. And then also you get to pay for your kid to go to whatever college you want your kid to go to. That would be my outrage if I'm black and I'm Latinx. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, this idea. And I wrote a blog about this not too long ago. You know, this idea that you know people jumping up and down, including our you know white liberals, you know who who say they stand for you know for justice. You know, they they're up in arms about you know Trump wanting a wall as they should be. You know, but also wrote that Trump wants a wall, and so do sub- wealthy school districts. Those are the suburbs around Philadelphia. Right. They they want a wall. They got private guards. They got private security. Speak you on. know, 
they got Sherlock Holmes going harass. Even if you live in that district, you still, you're probably yeah. going to get harassed. Detective is going to be following you, digging in your trash, following your kid, following your kid home. Oh, you didn't spend a night here enough and all. Like I'm, I'm going to see my grandma, Joker, get out of my face. You know, like so. You know, all of that. Like they want a wall too, and so it's this constant. As soon as we set up a system where you know what, and again, it goes back to pay to play. That's that's how pre-K to 12 is in America. Mm-hmm. It's still pay to play. Right. You pay it by choosing a, a zip code that's that's expensive, a house that's expensive where your your uh, property tax is going to be uh, much higher than many folks. And that's how you pay to play. That's what that's what you're doing. Reef, when you bought your house, when you well, maybe not you because you know you're you're sole brother number one, so maybe that that doesn't apply. No, to I you. ain't buy my house for for the school around here because my kids going to Islamic schools anyway, so you know. Okay, right, um, but like at least but, while they're younger. Yeah. Had you had you been in that? Had you been in a? You know, had you? If you talk to a, if you poll six out of ten affluent African American parents who have just bought homes. What are they going to say? They the first question that they ask to the realtor. Yeah, what what school is there? Yeah, how are the or schools? or do I have access? Because we have some affluent black people who say like, no, I'm going to live in this community, whether it's black community or a mixed community, as long as I can choose the school that I want to put my child in. What they say is, if they have, if they're black and they have, you know, they have some money. What they what they're going to say is the same thing that. White folks say all the time is like, no, you're not going to trap me into any zip code. Like, I'm not going to school based off a of zip code alone. If I want to go into that zip code and I like the, that school, great. That's fantastic. Or if I want to go in this zip code, but I want to send my child where I think is the best fit for them, then I'm going to do that as well. But it's still a version of pay to play, right? Like whether it's Absolutely. I can afford the transportation to get my child there and there, right. or I right. can pay for somebody to take them there and there. Or I'm going into this, uh, you know, a place where the income, the uh, property tax is high, right? Or I'm paying for a private school. Like those are all the ways that still pay to play, right? You know, and but my only issue is when those same folks who pay to play, and then they want to like build a wall around poor communities and say, I don't care about any of that other stuff. You have to stay there, man. It's, That's what's right. You, you speaking truth right now. And I want to just name some of the names of these people, these black people that tried to find better options for their kids and ended up going to jail, getting threatened, getting fined or whatnot. Yolanda Miranda, uh, Kiari Harris, Kelly Williams, Bolard, get this. There's this guy, Charles Leron from, from Louisville. And he was charged with, I've never even heard this before theft by deception mm-hmm. i didn't even know that was mm-hmm. a charge fam yeah like yeah. he was billed twenty six thousand dollars and threatened with up to a decade of prison time this is just for people to try to find other options for their kids so now we got these rich white folks that's doing the most fam i mean they're about to put these folks up some of these people are looking at the rico charge do you understand like how serious that is when the feds hit you with a rico just for folks that ain't into the gangster movies like I am, <laughs> the Rico. I mean, that would be none of us. The, the, the but the but the Rico it's charge. It's like collusion or something, right? It's like collusion is one of the hardest. It's collusion is one of the hardest ones to to beat. And let me tell you something about Fed chases versus traditional, like the police coming to get you. Right when the police yeah. hear something or suspect something, they might they might come arrest you, book you, and all that good stuff. When the feds 
come for you, they've been doing recon for like Absolutely. a long time. Like it's not a few months, like sometimes years, right? What's like, that conviction rate? Oh, their conviction rate is really, really, really it's high. It's like high 90s. It's very high. That, I mean, that's why that's why when you're listening to this story, so many people have already confessed. Like the main guy already confessed. And the reason why he already confessed, not to turn this into the, an episode of The Sopranos, right, is because he knew that the feds wanted bigger names, right? That's why we keep hearing about Felicity Huffman and all these other like really powerful people. They, he was like, you can have whatever you want, you know, and he sung like a bird. So when I look at this and I look at what black folks get left with, and the things that I want to make jokes about, because I still want to get these jokes off. Like I, I really do, because they was they was cheating, cheating, fam. Let me tell you how. Let me. Yo, tell, so that's 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 something that's happening with, with our youngsters. They they say a word and then they say it twice. Is uh, that supposed to be making more? You impactful? know, it's, it's it's actually this guy. It's this young comedian guy. I'm gonna put y'all up on some culture. It's this young right. comedian guy named Ha Ha Davis, uh, and he made his fame off of like Instagram. So he always everything every time he makes emphasis, he just says the words twice and it's just hilarious when he does it but that's what these people was doing i mean they were cheating cheating and like one of the one of the the, the girl that went to usc i forget if it was lawton's daughter or huff i think it was lawton's daughter oh and i instantly went to go follow her uh her daughter's youtube page because she got over a million subscribers she got like a youtube show in the show she talks about how she hates school she talks about how she hates class and she's only there for the parties right when the convict when, when the news broke, she was on a yacht in the Bahamas celebrating life with a very powerful person who happens to be on the board at USC. Like that that's the type of work that we rocking with right now, fam. Like that this is real money. This is real like chives that folks of color just don't have access to. And it's so crazy. I didn't mean to go on that tangent, but that's what we're facing. I, I want to say something real quick about USC and, and getting into USC. Here you go. Bruh. You about bruh, to have USC fan. It doesn't take a rocket size to get to, to USC. USC is a great. Listen, I went to state school. I, I would have loved to go into a USC. I would have loved to go into a Columbia. Listen, man, I actually think, you know, I went to state schools and they worked out for me. You know, I, I wish I had applied to some more stuff. I just didn't have that academic confidence at the at the moment. But um, listen, I. I'm not surprised by any of these schools taking bread because that's schools have to raise money. Like they're going to, that's going to keep happening. This was something different. And, and, and so where do we go from here? Y'all. I think we should re-implement affirmative action. I think we should really look at equity when we're talking about school. We know like education is an integral part of, you know, helping a community uplift. And when we look at the, you know, America's history of, of barring people based off of off of their their color and culture and background, mm-hmm. um, you know there needs to be things to 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 rectify that. Like you can't and you can't keep eating around the edges. You know, like I, I do agree with you. Like not, this coming to light is not going to stop that culture. It's not going to stop um, you know universities and everywhere else. Like right, like you know and, uh, that's not going to stop. Um, but what what the uh, federal government is supposed to do is really ensure that, you know, that there's an equal playing field. We know that doesn't happen, but that's what they're supposed to do. And so this idea of affirmative action and what that looks like, I like that, you know, like that should we, that needs to be revisited. I know the Supreme court said some, so hopefully there's a, a case ballooning through, you know, traveling through that will 
you know, get, I don't. Well, you know, I mean, there's a case right now, right? So, wait, wait, so but, you, but you know, there's a, there's a case right now, right? The Harvard case. Are you familiar with the Harvard case, Sharif? I don't think so. Tell so me. So the Harvard case is, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a team up between white people and Asian folks that are arguing mm, that's the new, racial right. yes, quotas yes, yes. Um, for Harvard and Asian folks were saying that basically black and brown, this black and brown quota per se was keeping smarter Asian kids out that worked harder, right? So well, they should talk to Kushner and all those guys. They're man, the ones that's keeping them out. It ain't us. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> and, and we might need Tell to do a full. We might need to do a full show on it. And, and and Ray, you asked an amazing question. I actually really like your your questions, fam. Ray asked this before the show, and I want us to all answer it. What advice would you offer to the children of these celebs that either enrolled or were forced to face the fact? That they weren't, that they would not have been admitted to these universities without help from their rich parents. What advice would you offer, Sharif? First of all, I think their kids know that. You know, I think you know how often. Right. Again, this is it's not just college, right? Like you know, we, we I, I, I just wrote a piece about you know this subsidizing the education, right? right? Like, you know, the affluent subsidize their children's education all the time. Right. They get personal tutors for the ACT, SATs. They get private music lessons. They get individualized coaching for athletic teams. They, you know, they, they're getting all of it. You know, they, ha- they don't have to stress about where they're going to eat, whether like all of it, they, they're getting all of that. And so a lot of them, you know, I think they know like, Hey, I would not, you know, I think they tend to forget as they get older, you know, or some are just oblivious to it. And they think like, Hey, you know, uh, one of our teachers, Zach Wright, uh, he's from New York. His, his father used to tell him, you know, he would accomplish something and his father would look at him and say, don't celebrate for hitting a home run when you were born on third base. Mm-hmm. So he would tell him, I don't know if enough families tell their kids that, but, it, you know, it's a very important perspective for, for people to have. Ray, do you, you know, want you, to answer now? Or do you, do you want me to answer first so you can bring you go first? Home? But I, I wanted to, I wanted to piggyback real quick on that third base analogy. I go tell ahead. that to my son. He's like, yo, I'm like, bro, you should be still at home. You, you like right by the pitcher's mound in third base. <laughs> I tell my kid, he's, uh, he was born on first base. He ain't born on third base. <laughs> you got, <laughs> I, he's born in between home plate and first base. You know, no, I, was, I was, I was born on home plate. All right, Charles, kick it. <laughs> no, I, my, my, my advice to these folks is, you can't quit, baby. Like you can't quit now. Like, don't be weak. You here now? Listen, however you got there, you here now. What what you can't handle a little bit of scrutiny? You can't you can't handle not being liked in every aspect of my life. I've had to occupy space where somebody didn't want me there. I'd be yes. damned. Like even in this now, I'd be damned if I got into Yale. I don't give a damn if it was by hook or crook. I don't know what Mama and Papa did. Like in deep cover. When he tried, when 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 uh, Lawrence Fishburne tried to give his girl the money, and she was like, "This drug money." He was like, "The money don't know where it came from. The opportunity don't know where it came from." You showing me that you even weaker by like, I'ma just leave. Cause what what man? Listen, if you don't sign up for some online classes and put a hat on and some glasses and knock out this yell opportunity, y'all would have to kick me all the way out. You understand what I'm saying? That's just me. I know folks are different. Uh, I'm not giving up a Yale uh, education. I, I'm yeah, not see, giving up that, a Cal State Hayward it, uh, education. That's just me. It means more to you, but to the person that's a, that's multimillionaire, billionaire, Absolutely. they don't care about You're right. that. You're right. 
They I'm don't just, care about that. Look, I'm just saying that. If by, you had I a billion give. dollars, you wouldn't care about a Yale degree either. You'd be like, well, all right. No, no, I cared about it somewhat if I paid a million dollars to get in. No, their parents paid that. I understand. I'm just saying, right? Like, listen, I and I understand from a well, parent's perspective too. Like, look, my kid dumb as hell. Like they couldn't get in on their own, you know what I'm saying? I do not. This is not a Mark Zuckerberg situation. This is a, just because you can't get in that school does not mean you're dumb as hell. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm not saying. I'm not yeah, saying that. that. I'm not saying. I would never say that because I couldn't get in that school. I don't think I'm dumb as hell. I do think that some of these parents looked at their kid and was like, that that person over there. I love my kid to death, but that kid lazy and privileged, and uh, I'm gonna have to pull some strings. And Ray, I'm gonna throw it to you, but all this stuff around the kids not knowing. How you not knowing you had to pose for the fake picture of the water polo? What you what you thought it was just a what you thought it was just picture day? What you what did you think was happening? Yo, there's a there's a I mean like so there's deception that could happen without a kid even knowing. If if so, listen, look, wait, wait. If that deception happened and you don't know and you still don't know, then you, you are dumb as hell. Then you are dumb as hell. That that's a dumb as hell kid. If you 17 and he's like, mommy, why am I taking pictures in this basketball jersey and I ain't never touched a ball before? And now I and now I'm in, I'm getting uh USC basketball team packets. You stupid. Listen, here's the deal, right? So so for people that we don't call people that have stupid. equity in a situation, right? We don't call like, eighteen year olds stupid that don't know that they was okay. I'm sorry. And people that were born with a silver spoon, it's like getting into Harvard and stuff. Th- those are your expectations. Like you expect for that to happen. Absolutely. You, what you're saying to yourself, you're like, all right, mommy and daddy donated a half million dollars or a million dollars, and they got the name on the cafeteria or a stool in the cafeteria because you ain't getting much with a million dollars at Harvard. <laughs> I expect that I'm gonna be in Cambridge for four years, right? That's the expectation. Um, the expectation also is for me to marry someone that's on campus that's going to be really, re- you know, just that, the whole thing that goes with that whole privilege thing, like privilege gotcha. and privilege. I don't know how they think. Is that how they think? I mean... Ask him. He was the one that was born, you know, his son was born on third base. Ask, hey, ask him. Hey, hey, but listen, even though he was born in the middle of third base, like right next to the pitcher's mound and he could still home, like I still, I'm still leaning towards him going to, well, he's going to ultimately make his own choice, but I'm still leaning towards him going to an HBCU. But then you guys brought up an excellent point earlier. Yo, you have alums from Howard, like their their kids are getting first preference and they're getting into Howard. Right. You know, even though they're recently tier one, people are gonna bash me because like, why are you taking shots at Harvard? I mean Howard. Um but like you know, people people that are alum from those types of universities, they're gonna their kids are gonna get first preference based off the fact that they're alums and they graduated, so they're Howard material. So it's like how do we navigate uh, through the nuance of privilege in order to get black and brown kids an opportunity. That, that's that's my whole thing. Like so, how, so, how do we get our kids? So, Ray, yeah. did you, I mean, I don't have an answer for you, uh, <laughs> but I know you wanted to answer, I wanted, I wanted to make sure you had an opportunity to answer your question. What advice do you have for these little, uh, for, for, for these young people that are yeah. now in this situation based off what their parents did? And yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm leaning more towards you, man. You can't give up. Right. <laughs> you you got to um, kick me out. You got to stay prayed up and you got to finish this thing <laughs> up. You know, like I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like with all the adversity and stuff centered around you, you could you could turn any negative. You could turn any negative into a positive. Right. Listen, and fam. being resilient in this kind of situation, man, like I, I'm not, you know, man. I, I I'm like, go to the yacht show. and go to the back of the line. Shoots and ladders. Go to the back of the line. Look, That's if what, I was one of them kids. I'll start a YouTube show right now. 
from my disgrace, right? And like how to listen, man. Somebody, one of these kids gonna be entrepreneurial, and they gonna make they gonna make something Absolutely. out of it. I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, man. Uh, some of these parents are unapologetic about their choices to help their children. Like, meanwhile, black folks, like we said, are being locked up by fake addresses and all that stuff. And I, and I don't want to leave that just yet. Do you all okay. have any other things to say about that? Um, and I know I'm, I'm trying to say um less, but this is an um moment, damn it. This is an um moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I want, I want to hear from y'all, but like, this is really personal for me. What do you, Absolutely. what should be said about this? Man, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough when you when you're talking about this issue because, like Reef said earlier, man, you got private investigators that are digging through trash and like doing all these other things and whatnot to make sure that you're in the district that you're that you're in, and that you're not trying to circumnavigate anything in order to put yourself in a better situation. Mm-hmm. But if I'm these parents, man, I'm gonna continue to do what I gotta do for my kid. And at the end of the day, you know, if, if something happens to me because I decided that I wanted to do what was best for my kid, then so be it. Right, Reef. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's 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 just absolutely ridiculous, you know. They uh, and I put most of this blame on the states. You know, it's the state constitution that that says that they are to provide education for their constituents, mm-hmm. all of them. And of course, you know, there are Supreme Court cases as well as other cases now that are saying like, "Hey, we don't owe y'all anything," you know, or the state doesn't owe you anything. Uh, regardless so we don't you don't have to learn how to read they don't have to you know ensure that there's equity we don't have to ensure that it's it's equal funding and so I'm, I'm just wondering like what what are parents supposed to do when the the people who are supposed to be in positions of power and influence and and create policies to ensure that there's uh educational justice yet they time and time again they say they say like no we're not going to do that and I think if we keep going back to this and I, 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 you know, we just have to call it out like at some point, right. You know, we're going to have to really create our own systems, mm. you know, and because this idea of self-determination, it, it just keeps coming back up because we, it, you cannot rely on, on these guys to do right by our kids or by our grandkids. They're, they're just not going to do it. A courts are saying that the, that a state does not have to provide a great education for your child. Well, Ray, that's, stay, that's problematic. To that's me. crazy. I mean, I think that's wild. And Ray, stay. I mean, Ray, stay here. Uh, Sharif, I want to stay on you and I want to roll this question up and then Ray, you can jump back in. So as we're thinking about, you know, talking about black parents and, and, and their struggle to get quality education, you know, we said this earlier and I want, I want Reef, I want you to answer this. These are some of the same folks that are against school choice for black and brown people. These are the same folks that will come off a hill until black and brown people not to be selfish and stick in there with a traditional neighborhood school, right? So, or that they're stealing money if they make a different choice outside of that that district or that school or whatever. So what does this scandal do for school choice advocates? And and, and Reef, you take it from here and then Ray, you can roll into that. And I, I can address both questions when I when it gets back to me. I mean, I don't know if it does anything, you know, on a, on a large scale. I think, you know, we it continues to show the hypocrisy that I think, you know, we've pointed out all the time. If you, if you have affluence and influence, then you are making decisions about your children. Um, and just the, the stark hypocrisy to tell others that they can't, you know, what you're basically saying is people who have wealth can choose and people who don't can't, and you get whatever scraps we send you. I mean, I mean, that's, that's the essence of all of this, right? Like you don't deserve to eat. You deserve whatever I throw your way. Mm. Right. And that's the relationship 
that they've always wanted to have with people of color in this country. You get whatever scraps we deem fit for you. Brother, Sharif, right? Sharif is preaching, brother. I, I like this, Reef. <laughs> Let's, that's, go, go ahead, that's brother. Why that's why y'all walk around here with high blood pressure and all the other <laughs> stuff that y'all walk around here with. I'm a black man in America. Yeah, I got high forced, blood pressure, bro. Forced to eat, <laughs> forced to eat pork products and like all this other stuff and whatnot. Well, since the beginning of the time. No, not you now, but that's what <laughs> our ancestors had to no, eat. No, 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 no. So, Ray, what's, so, what's your thoughts? It's toxic stress, bro. Toxic. That's true. Toxic and then stress. And on top of that, and saying like, "Hey, we're gonna cage you in, and don't you dare try to get out." Well, and it, I'm glad you used that analogy coming from the hills because that's exactly where they moved. White flight and even some, you know black folks with with influence and affluence quite often there there there's a black flight too so we mm-hmm. need to be clear about that and they, they ain't just the white folks black folks is like right on their on their heels right you know and trying to to create space for the for their child where they feel is better and that's great but then don't tell uh, turn around and say not you you go back down that hill and and and, and stay in that zip code right. So 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 I'm total opposite of Sharif on this one, and that's rare that I disagree with him. But I think that this is the perfect opportunity for Ed Reform to like motivate and get behind this message of you know if you have money, that means that you can choose. But don't try to stop Black folks from choosing. I feel like we can galvanize around this whole message of you need money in order to choose. Uh, just like how these folks are saying, you know, you need to stay in your neighborhood school through generational poverty and generational uh, school failures in order for, you know, the system to come back around and do what it needs to do. Many schools haven't been good since the end of the Cold War, arguably. Right. And so. Uh, you 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 looking baffled there, no, sir. No, 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 are you no. an 80s baby? Or uh, what's that? Uh, what's uh, happening born, right here? I was here? born because in 83. No, no, no. The, the, so. What the data says, and and I want you to finish, but the data says the black and white achievement gap was starting to close in the 70s and 80s, right? And then crack hit, and towards the late 80s, it, it, it ballooned, right? It got it got right. way bigger. So I, I was just listening to you, brother. You you kicking right. knowledge, right. sir. Go ahead. Okay. I have no, I, I, I want wanted, no smoke I wanted today, to get right? one of them preach. I wanted to get one of those preach things like we've got. I, so. see, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't as authentic if you ask for it, fam. It was coming. It was coming. Right. You messed it up. What? What happened to the punchline thing, though? Go, go ahead, brother. You got to earn. Stop asking for this. Go ahead, bro. Let me produce. You answer the questions. How about that? Hey, we got, hey, we got some. So for, for the folks that are listening, we got some new equipment. We got roadcasters <laughs> and, and all kinds of stuff. When man, I make if sure you don't I'm, answer this question. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Go ahead, um, man. Yeah. So so I think I think Air Reform should galvanize behind this, this whole um, varsity blue scandal and kind of uh, uh, re-energize in terms of like what poor uh, uh, black and Latin ex families can do in order to exercise their choice to send their kids to whatever schools they want to send them to. There you go, brother. Wait, standing ovation, brother. Standing <laughs> ovation. Let me tell you why though, right? Because I vehemently agree with you, right? I think that this is actually an amazing opportunity. I think that this is one of those opportunities that you grab the bull by the horns and you say, listen, even families that have everything given to them, even families that have millions and millions of dollars in the bank that are able to send their kids to the best private schools, that are able to provide the best tutors and everything for their kids are still looking for better. And they should be looking for better because this is for their kids, right? Like they want the best for their kids. So why? 
why on this beautiful planet that we live on, right, would I ever try to stop a black or brown person from seeking out the same for their child? Listen, what school choice means, it don't mean that all these kids have to flood out and leave a district. If you like that school in your neighborhood, choice means that you have a choice. It means that if that's where you want to be, if that's where your daddy went, your daddy's daddy went, your daddy's daddy daddy went, and you want to be there and be a part of that legacy, that means that you have the option to do it. It also means that for some people, folks that were like me, that if I didn't go to college, if I did not get an education, every man before me for the most part in my family has spent time in a jail cell. Everyone, like my father, my, my, you know, my uncles, my cousins, a whole bunch of folks, right? And for me, it was like, look, I got to get into college. I got to do this. I went, the, I went the, the, the state college route. It's what worked for me. It's what was there. I got a ton of debt that we should do a show about that I'm depressed by. Uh, Sally Mae makes me cry every month. Her name has been changed to Naviant. That's why I'm not married, because I'm in a serious, <laughs> committed relationship with her. But the point that I'm making is it's like people want better. And why would we even get in the way of people trying to seek out better for their kids? Now, that's not saying that we need to let districts off the hook or whatever the case is. What it's saying is, is that Never have I ever or somebody of my skin complexion had that much faith in the government to do right by them as a people. It just hasn't happened. I grew up on welfare. I grew up with the white, uh, the white soft can of peanut butter and you opened it and it had the oil up top. You had to squeeze and you had to like stir that thing or whatever. Like I grew up with that government cheese. I grew up on welfare. So all that stuff. Up, right? And I wish, that but I wish it was there, but real quick. Cause I want to make this point. Cause I want to, cause I don't want people to feel like I'm coming down. Like I would not be here without welfare. I would not be here without the projects that I grew up in. But when I, my aspiration was not to stay stuck in that. My aspiration was not to have to be there or to raise kids in there, right? Like, I wanted to be able to get away from that. I don't want to take those options or things away from people. And some people are looking at traditional public education in the same way. Listen, man, we are talking about a system where black folks are reading at a 20% clip. That means 80% of them can't read at level, right? And so I think that this is actually one of those. Is You couldn't get a better marketing tool for this movement Absolutely. than what we got right now. And depending yeah, on how I, we I take mean, it. I hear you. you know, I just... When I was a kid, I read uh, the autobiography of Jane Pittman a couple times, right? And one of the things that, one of the images that she describes that really stands out to me is, is these, uh, you know, after the Civil War, um, you know, Black people were leaving. It was like, kind of like the, the pre-Great Migration. People were leaving plantations. Jane Pittman described, you know, um, the scene where folks were some black folks had, had left plantation, they had gathered, and it was a group of them, maybe 50, and they were sleeping one night in the fields. Mm -hmm. um, and these white people came up and started just slaughtering them, bashed them in the head, you know, and, and they, they were hiding, you know, the two kids were the only ones who, who survived, and they, they survived, but they, were, they watched the scene. And, you know, what were they doing? They were trying to leave the system. That, what's different about that, right? Like, you know, there is the same mindset, the same mentality that, you know, people are saying like no to black people. Like people should read the autobiography of Jane Pippen. I'm, I'm gonna find that, that's it. I'm gonna find that book and, and um, you know, and share it with you guys, that scene. 
um, it's the same thing. And so I don't know if this gets that kind of mindset. I don't think it pricks the conscious of that kind of mindset. Because right now when black and brown people are, whether it's the uh, suburbs with the, with the detectives, whether it's the, uh, the other folks who are just saying, hey, we're gonna all uh, strike if you don't put a moratorium on, on choice, if it's just the, you know, the hell that's raised, if, if a black or brown family says, you know what, I want other than the zip code you mandate me. Um, you know, the, it's just it's just crazy to me. It's like me, somebody telling me like, you can only use that mailbox, you know, or that post office right. or that store. F you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use where I wanna use. And it's the same, it's the same mindset though, um, that I compare to what they experienced when they tried to lead that plantation um, that Jane Pittman described in, that, in her book. Now that's powerful, man. You want to roll your final thought into that comment or you want that to stand as your final? That is my final. That was really good. Right? <laughs> that was, I like that, right? So, so, and piggybacking off what Reese said about this Jane Pittman uh, autobiography, there's also a movie uh, that was shot in 74 uh, where Cicely Tyson, I think, played Jane Pittman. So that might be something that some people want to watch or some of you Hollywood mega stars that are listening to this podcast can remake. That is my final thought. Oh, man. Uh, I really enjoy being back on the show with you, brothers. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I got another oh, final thought. Sorry. You got a second final thought. Of course yeah, he does. Final, final means something, you know. It does. Yeah, but this is Come on, huge. Columbia. It's huge. All right. <laughs> in, in, in approximately nine days, my main man, CC3, will be representing and defending his dissertation on the West Coast. Nice. That's nice. what's up, bro. Let's that go. What's up, man? Dr. I, Cole. I, I like how that sounds. I appreciate that. Now, if I don't pass, just the whole viewership knows that I didn't. So I appreciate I that extra added pressure. You got this, Cole. I, de- I definitely will be uh, defending my dissertation. And it's actually talking about a lot of the things that we spoke about today. So I'm looking forward to that being done. I'm burnt out on it, and I'm just ready to be done. I think my final thoughts around this are, one, I learned a lot just from listening to you all. I think that Jane Pittman piece was just really important. My final thought is, you know, people are going to do what they feel like they need to do for their kids. And there are certain communities that get lauded for it and they get applauded for it. And there are some that are made to feel bad about it because we have to build systems and hold up systems on their backs. Like systems don't work. A lot of our systems in the United States don't work unless they're being propped up by somebody getting really poor quality or services. I hope that this starts a larger conversation. I hope that black and brown families feel more emboldened to do what they need to do for their kids, even more emboldened than they may have felt before. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the final thing, again, as a, as a team and as a crew, we want to make sure that we send all of our love to our, our brother Chris right now. And uh, we can't wait for you to come back, man, and, and the pod will be here waiting for you. And for the folks out there, we missed you, but we back, baby, and you'll be hearing from us again soon. This has been another episode of the 8 Black Hands Podcast. Have a good one.